It's great to have you in God's house this morning. And uh, we continue our series on victorious Christian living. This morning we're looking at a part to play, and we are in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Paul writes this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly region? He who descended is the one, the very one, who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to whip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ might, may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, it's that time of year where um, Savannah and I both, our favorite sport is football. Any football fans out there? Are you excited about the upcoming season? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a new coach at Purdue. I know we have IU fans here, too. And, uh, of course, uh, there's the NFL. But uh, Savannah and I love sports. We love sports on TV, sports, movies. We love sports in person. And football's the favorite. Last year, uh, we went to the black and gold game. I haven't heard when it is yet. We've got a new coach. They're figuring that all out. But we went to the back, black and gold game, which I love because you get to go and um, uh, no one is, they're not really in full gear yet. And it's uh, Purdue versus Purdue, the black team versus the gold team. So the first string versus the second string, and they're kind of trying to figure it all out. And it's free, so I love that. So we went, and you get to sit right up front, and uh, so we're watching this game. And it's like there's a lot of raw talent out, I guess is what I would say. But people were obviously, not everybody was on the same page for the plays. You ever seen that, right? And, uh, and then also the coach is putting in people to see how good they really are in action. You know, there's one thing to be in practice, another thing the game, even if it's a scrimmage game, right? So we're watching this, and it is very entertaining, and they did sell hot dogs, so that was all good. But the end of it, Savannah turns to me, and she said, Dad, I'm, I'm not sure about the season ahead. And I said, I'm not sure either. <laughs> but I said, they've got another two weeks before the first game. And we saw the first game, and you know what? All of a sudden, man, that team that was kind of rough around the edge, they still had a long ways to go, but they were playing together, and they'd figured out who was first string, second string, and the real talent in action and under pressure. What a difference. And, uh, and with that backdrop 
in mind, I invite you to walk back into the scripture this morning. And uh, we listen to Coach Paul, and uh, Paul is trying to say that everybody has a part to play, right? Have you ever been in a place, I don't know, whether it's a school, play, sports teams, or whatever, and you felt like the outside looking in, you weren't really part of it? And Paul this morning, Coach Paul is trying to say, everybody's got a part, but you've got to figure out what it is. So to recap this journey that we're on as Ephesians is about victorious living. And one of the things that I said is Paul is writing from prison. He visited Ephesus in his second and third missionary journey. And uh, Paul is now in prison and the church is facing adversity and challenge. And yet Paul, as he writes this church in prison, from prison, he sounds one of the most victorious notes in all of scripture. And many people call it uh, the queen of the epistles that it's that victorious and it's that jubilant and it's so full of wisdom and insight and inspires us to faith. And I said that one of the things to look at in this is that uh, there's a great book out by William Bridges called Managing Transitions. And uh, it's like he got that from Paul almost, right? And, and what he says is a book about business and organizations. And he says that we all face challenges and adversity and we can make it through that if we have at least four things. And those four things are, first of all, a purpose. We need a purpose that we're going through things. And then we need a picture. We need a visual of uh, where we're going and why. And, and then we need a plan, how we're going to get from here to there. And everybody needs a part to play. And I said, Paul has all those in the book of Ephesians as we walk through it. And Paul adds another P to those four Ps, which is that we have power through the Holy Spirit to accomplish the things that God has before us as individuals and as a family of faith. And uh, we've looked at God's purpose, which is kind of like the cross, really, as a visual there for us, that God is reconciling us to Him vertically with God through Christ's work on the cross, and also to reach out to others horizontally, relationships, to reconcile those relationships in love and in grace and in forgiveness. And then uh, the picture, and among those pictures, we went through a couple weeks ago, three dynamic pictures that Paul gives us, and one is a, a bridge from far to near, that God is reconciling us. And then there's the family that we have, as Tamara's talking about family here, that we are one in Christ, and we may have our differences, but we're family, with that being united in Christ. And then the foundation, the foundation is Christ that we build on, and uh, that we are one in Christ, who we're building in a living cathedral. And we talked about being plugged into power, being overcomers. And Paul really drills down in this morning's passage about having a part to play. And as Paul speaks about this, there's really three things that I want you to remember that you'll see in the Scripture passage this morning as we walk through it. And the first is unity, the second is service, and the third thing is maturity. Unity, service, and maturity. And so unity first, Paul, as he's walking through this, is talking about the spirit of unity that we have. And you think about the image of a, a team, maybe there's lots of talent, but if they're not playing together, man, they're just not not making it. They're not doing all they can. And so Paul is writing to the church, and he says this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love, which is the key to all this. Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. How many times did Paul say one? <laughs> 
And I got to tell you, many times, you know, there's, there's, there's differences that we have, right? Just like every family. I don't know if your, your family is like mine, but when we gather together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, man, particularly growing up, it was like we have every political party represented and some more, every philosophy. I mean, it's all kinds of things. At, uh, but we're one family, right? For us, it was like the Steelers. When things got really out of control, it was like, how about those Steelers, right? So we could agree on the Steelers. I grew up in Pennsylvania. What can I say? But Paul is saying there might be some differences among you, but there's one thing that unites us with his Christ. One faith, one hope, one Baptist, one God. What is it that unites us? Sure, we have some differences, but we need to be united in Christ. And until we are, God is not at work like God needs to be, right? And you look at a team, and, and, and many times, right, it's uh, all kinds of talent on there, but if they're not playing as a team, like kind of that black and gold scrimmage, figuring all that out, it's just not happening, right? And so you need to be united as one in Christ. And when we do amazing things happen, there's a great story um, that I love, true story, uh, that happened some time ago in Somerset, Pennsylvania. And it wasn't that long after 9-11, so a lot of people had focused on that. And, but there was a, a mining accident and in what's called Kew Creek, which is nearby there, um, nine miners were trapped 240 feet below the surface. And uh, they were trapped. There wasn't really air going down there the way it needed to be. And what was uh, just as bad was that they were trapped in partially flooded cavern there with 55-degree water, uh, nine miners, 240 feet below. And as this played out, it was for three days. People weren't sure if they were alive. They couldn't get communications down there. And the clock was ticking. And for those of you who don't know, you know, sort of water survival, I mean, it wasn't completely full of water, but it was quite, quite high, at least waist high for part of it. 55-degree water is, is really cold. In fact, the rule for survival uh, in water is that a 50-year-old male in 50-degree water can survive for 50 minutes. It's not good use if you're 50 or older. So 50-year-old male, 50-degree water, you got 50 minutes. Okay, so as this sort of played out on the TV, we just wondered what are the chances of hope? And so they finally, after three days, got a hole down there, punched a hole down there, and one by one brought the miners up. And people, this had just captivated the nation who struggled so long. And they began to interview these miners and said, you know, what was it in the dark and in the cold and this water that helped you to survive? And one of the miners just said, it's like this, we all had our, our weak moments. We all had our moments when uh, we didn't think we were going to make it, or someone was really cold, and the other eight of us would gather around that one person and just huddle around them and let the heat from our bodies warm them, or someone needed encouragement, and then someone else was, was the motivator, was the inspirer, and then it wasn't long till someone else was cold and shaking, and we'd gather around that person, and we formed that tight circle, and through the whole ordeal, of three days, we made it together because we were united as one. And I think that's a great picture of the church, too, and, and life. All of us, at one point or another, are going to be in the cold, in the wind, in the wave, and in the dark, and we need each other. There is absolutely the hope and faith and love of Christ, but we also need to be together, united as one. Put aside some of the differences sometimes and be united in one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. One team, if you will. So unity and then, and then service. Paul writes this. I'm just going to pick up the highlights there. Uh, in verse 8, he said, 
when Christ ascended on high, he gave gifts to his people. That's all of you, all of us, right? Gave gifts, and he, and he highlights some. This is not exhaustive, but he said, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Wow. And elsewhere, Paul gives, this is not exhaustive. Elsewhere, Paul, uh, in Corinthians, other places, Paul gives lists of service. None of them are exhaustive, but all of us have gifts and talents to be given for God. It isn't just to be pastor, but also a plumber, a teacher, or nurses, or doctors. God has blessed all of us with gifts and talents to serve others in the name of Christ, and also in the church. So you have gifts outside the church and gifts inside the church, and to discover those gifts and to own your gifts. So the first thing is you got to discover those gifts and talents. And as we're young, we kind of figure out some of those gifts. Sometimes we try things and, uh, and we're good or we need those develop. And sometimes we try something, it, it doesn't work as well, right? And I said before that um, I'd always hoped that I could sing like Elvis and play the guitar like Santana, but it's not going to happen. I can sing some, not like Elvis, and I can play the guitar some, but not like Santana. And, uh, and you have your gifts that you're 10 in too, and gifts that you are not 10 in, right? And part of it is to recognize your own gifts and then to appreciate the gifts and talents of others, right? And that's what part of that is, to, to serve and to learn to serve. And on a football team, many times you and I focus on the highlight players, right? We think about the quarterback and the running back and the receivers and all those but all of them have gifts and talents, including, right, the line. Uh, it's all so important. One of Savannah and I's uh, favorite shows, and, and this is, goes back a ways, but we still binge watching this, is Friday Night Lights. I don't know other Friday Night Light fans out there, a great, great TV show about football, and based on a, a true story, a novel about that, and uh, basically this small town in Texas has uh, basically what they thought to be was the nation's best quarterback. Uh, and uh, they got a new coach, and he's um, a rising star. And in the first game of the season, this quarterback, who is this rising star for the nation, gets injured so severely that he's paralyzed from the waist down, right? And, uh, and devastated. And this quarterback comes in by the name of Matt, that never got, hardly got a snap in practice, and has to finish the game, and he, and he throws this incredible pass, and they end up winning the game, but nobody really believes in him, other than the coach, uh, to be the quarterback, right? And so he's struggling, and he's got to listen to the coach develop the raw gifts and talents that he has, and the players need to learn to trust that. And, and even there's this really super talented player that comes in from outside and, uh, and is all about himself and uh, has tremendous talent, but none of the line blocks for him. You know, most of us, we're looking at the quarterback, but and sometimes the quarterbacks get so self-absorbed. But what happens when the offensive line doesn't block? The quarterback gets pancaked or any receiver. And so uh, they go back to this quarterback and they learn to trust each other's gifts and talents. Right. That in a football team that's working, we see that in all the in all the plays. We saw that in the black and gold team that the linemen are just important as the quarterback. You need all of them playing. The line playing, defense is as important as offense, and, uh, and all the players need to play together for it to work well. And so this morning, what are your gifts and talents for the church team, for God's team? 
God has given all of us gifts and talents for outside to serve in our community, and God has given us gifts and talents for inside the church. Are you using your gifts and talents? Are you developing your gifts and talents? And are you appreciating the gifts and talents of those around you? So we got unity and service and finally maturity. And this is what Paul says. I think one of the underappreciated things. He says this, until all of us reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of God and become mature, attending to the full measure of Christ, no longer infants tossed back and forth by winds and deceitfulness. And he goes on to say, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of Christ, and Christ is the head. And from that whole body, joined and held together by every ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I don't know if you followed all of that, but I'm just going to boil it down for you about maturity. And Paul is using this image of the body of Christ working together. And I'll just say it's about teamwork, right? Because when you become mature, you not only have the raw talent and you've developed that talent, but you also learn to appreciate the gifts and talents of other people and support and encourage that. And how are you doing that? A good team isn't just about a few great players. It's about being a team that works together with one purpose, and everybody supports and encourages other players doing other things other than their own gifts and talents. And that's the mature thing. The immature thing is it's all about me and my talent, right? The mature thing is we're all working together as one team. And so Paul is saying we need to be one team. We need to be like a body. And many times, important things in our body are unseen, right? I mean, my daughter and lots of people love to um, do the hair and the nails and the toenails, you know, those kinds of things. And, uh, and that all looks great, right? But as you get older, you realize that things that you can't see, like your heart and your lungs, your kidneys, those are really important too, right? You can't see those things. You can't decorate them. But guess what? You realize, hey, if those aren't all tuned in right, then we got some problems. And as you get older, you're sort of, you know, and younger too, uh, you have that mature view. And in the church too, it isn't necessarily the shiny, flashing thing all the time. Everybody has a place. And as a, as a team, as one team, one body, then we can do great things. And that's what Paul's encouraging us. In this passage from Mark, <coughs> James and, and John come to Jesus. Man, don't you like the, just the openness of this? And, and they set Jesus up. <laughs> Love like Jesus was blindsided by this and said, you got to do for us what we ask you. You ever gone to God with that? You got to do what we're asking you, God, right? And uh, Jesus said, well, what are you asking? Like he didn't know. And they said, we want to be left and right first for you. So we're both first left and right. And uh, we want to be greater than everybody. What a bold statement, right? Not serve everybody. We want to be greater than everybody. And Jesus says, you can follow me, but really it's God that's in charge of all of that. But you need to be like me, which is to serve others. Didn't come for anything but to serve others and to give my life for the ransom of many. That's the mature attitude. Not me first, not the light always on me, but here to seek and to serve 
and to work for God's purposes. So today, Paul, the apostle, Coach Paul, is saying, if you really want to be a team, if you really want to be victorious living, then we all have a part to play, and we need to discover and develop our part, and also cheer on all those around us as we work together as one, one body of Christ. Unity and service and maturity, so important. Like a great football team, all the players have a part to play, and we only do great when we're all playing together. Dio Moody was fond of saying there's two ways of being united. One is to be frozen together, and one is to be melted together. And melted together is the way that God would have us, so that God's love unites us in a powerful way. So I invite us as we come into the football season, which is opening shortly, to use that as a metaphor for our church family, that God is at work, and God has a plan and purpose for our life. God wants us to be a dynamic church ministering as one team, but we need to discover that we all have a part to play, and we need to develop our gifts and talents, and we need to use those, but we also need to be united as one and to appreciate the gifts and talents of everyone. And all God's people said, amen. amen. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is a light for our way and our pathway in all of life. Lord, help us to be united as one as we serve you. Help us to discover the part that we have to play, to be your church, your people, one team united as one together through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all God's people said, amen.